Hold on just a second. Did you clear your throat? <laughs> Bruh. <coughs> okay. My oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right, go ahead. All right, here we go. Welcome to the Jesus, Sex, and Politics podcast. I'm Micah. And I'm Nathan. And here we talk about all those things that culture doesn't want to talk about. That'll scare you. All right. Well, Nathan, one of the biggest, probably most scary things in culture right now is education. And colleges, indoctrination, public education, the John Dewey uh, dumbed-down system of education in America has really... uh, uh, birthed many not so good fruits in our culture, and so we've constantly talked about this on G- G- GSX and politics. Where if you want to win the future of our nation, you have to win in the education realm. But we're losing big time. The Marxists are winning, and that's I don't know. I don't know what you think, but that to me is probably the front lines of the battle there. Well, when we went out to San Diego uh, for the TPUSA faith thing, that yeah. they were. They were constantly beating the drum of if you have a building right now, you ought to be opening a school yeah. because of how bad the schools are. Yeah. That we've got to get out there and begin to do classical, you know, Christian education. Christian education. Yeah. We need to, you know, create create cohorts for, you know, what whatever you're gonna do with homeschooling. And mm-hmm. you you have to get out there in that frame of things because things are rotting so badly because it's all experimentation socially, Yeah, Yeah. you know, and our kids are paying a massive price and it's even happening in the Christian schools. We see the Christian schools capitulate in order to make sure that they can continue to get the tax dollars that they want, you know, so they have to start saying things and doing things and allowing things that would make, you know, should make your, your blood curdle. Yeah. Yeah, with the government shekels come the government shackles. So, yeah, yeah, that's true. So, uh, I have a good friend of mine. He was my former college roommate. He reached out to me a few weeks ago and he said, Hey, I have this book or this website. And, uh, you know, there's a free ebook and everything too. Okay, stop. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you invited a a former college roommate. That's right. To come yeah. on the show. That's right. Yeah. Knowing all the stories they actually know, you know about you. I'm, I was pretty much an angel, so I don't, I don't fear I do anything. I do not believe that. So, uh, I do not believe that. I hope, can I introduce the guests? Can I just introduce no, I just, their guests? I, I, I hope we get a story. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I hope we, there's a story. So these are two guys that are saying we're, we there's a better way to educate our children, and so we wanted to bring them in today. So my uh, former roommate, good friend, Brian Perry, and his friend, Luke Grimm, who we just got to know a little bit. And so, guys, welcome to the... Nice to have you guys. JSP Studios, how are you? Hey, thank brother's you. doing great. Thank, thank you. Yeah, thank yeah. you for having us here. We're excited and uh, ready yeah. to go. Yeah, so um, I, I don't know what you want to do first, Nathan. You want like a story time, like story hour, or do you want to dive into like, uh, man, how, to, roommate how to educate our kids on you. and take back America? I mean, I don't know what's more important, but, uh, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, always content, but, you know, everybody wants to know a little about their host. So, you know, can you give us something highly, you know, <laughs> something that's really gonna you know ex- expose the real mic up don't ex- it doesn't have anything no i, well, I think there's, there's, there's not a lot I, I mean so we got one story we became friends freshman year yeah you were you're not my roommate then no and then no. sophomore year we were roommates yep yep not 
junior year. Yeah, three. junior year, I moved into the Blue House off campus. Yep, and I got yeah. an apartment with the other three guys. Yeah, yeah. And then senior year, you and Zach moved in. That's right, to the, to the house. house with all six of Yeah. Yeah, so sophomore guys. and senior year, we were roommates. Yep, yep. okay. You um, needed a whole year off is what I, is what I hear. <laughs> is this a bad yeah, That's right, exactly. I can only take so much. I will say there were times we got into it, but yeah. as, as anybody is going to do, um, we, yeah, we was, had some arguments, but everything seemed to turn out okay. We're not chicks. We no, can like we argue and be like, hey, move man, out for yeah, a year. It's like, yeah, uh -huh. I'm sure so we wrestled a few times and oh, yeah. walked away bloody and <laughs> great. came back and we're, we're just fine. Is that why fun, you have a so. bad hip? Did he, did, 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 is that where? <laughs> it's not a bad hip, man. I tore a labral. Uh -huh. Like, it was a labral so, tear. I, uh, I was in the whole process, again, not in, I was around for the whole process of Micah meeting Susan. Yeah. Developing oh. that relationship. So I think you we had technically took her on a date first. I did. You jerk. <laughs> <laughs> well, clearly, clearly you won. <laughs> Wait, is, is this the woman? Is this the woman you've told me about? <laughs> <laughs> Was she the Oh one? man. Miss, uh, Miss Indiana? Yeah. No, Miss, no, no. Yeah. He's, he told me about this girl with the limp and the and the lazy eye. <laughs> Would you shut Who's up? Your man? <laughs> No, it was yeah. great. We had a good time in college, and uh, no, it, yeah, Brian has always been an entrepreneur. That's that's the thing oh, about awesome. Brian. He's a uh, he owns a painting business, and uh, but he's also uh, very much um, always studied about how to build uh, a successful business. And so, uh, so you you are you're successful. You have uh, I think you converted to um, Mennonite. You have seven kids now. So I, I do uh, have seven good. kids, uh, <laughs> or Amish, one of the two. The, uh, the yeah. last one, the seventh one, is almost two weeks old. Two weeks tomorrow. Okay. Wow. Two weeks That's old, amazing. So. That's and all under the age of? 14 is our oldest. Oh, wow. Dang but man. when you're talking about number of kids, you have to talk to Luke here. Yeah. Luke, how yeah. many kids do you have? Yeah, so it's not a competition, but I certainly win. Uh, we have eight. Our old eight. Yeah, yeah. I don't up. know. The audience seems to think it's a yeah, competition. Yeah. So, so our uh, our our age range is from one. We have a boy, and then the older seven or daughters going up to age thirteen. So we both have skin in the game when it comes to this conversation. Yeah, that's good. So this conversation's a good one. So guys, tell tell us about uh, these sixteen things and what you're doing to win back America. So I'll start off with that here and just give a brief introduction. First of all, uh, both of us teach our kids a lot of these things. And I don't think there's anybody who's going to teach their kids every one of these things, at least as of yet. Now that we've put this list together, maybe they'll start doing that. And we will too. But everybody's going to find a few subjects in here that they haven't even discussed with their kids, even if they're doing a, a really amazing job doing this. So being that I'm going to say like I started this originally and then brought Luke on here recently and Again, I, I teach my kids a lot of these things already. I had heard another podcast about 15 things to teach kids that schools won't. Really like the idea. I think I listened <laughs> You're to like, I'm going to one-up. <laughs> I am. Well, What's was, that one was, more thing? There was one more In your more face, that, 15 things. Right. He's, he's not wrong. That's what you did. I like it. I, it is. So there was one thing I did want to add in, which is how to deal with people. And I think that's one of the most important things people can learn. And if, if you have ever read the book, uh, how to win friends and influence people. Great book. Yeah. They talk, we about, do a class on that here at life group uh, really? at, really? at church. Yeah. With that, I yeah. may have to I made my children drive up read here that and, book. Yeah. It's I, I made my 14 year old read that mm -hmm. book and 
Um, Sometimes I have to make my staff members read that book. Seriously. And I, I will reread or re-listen to it at least once a year. And every time I pick up something new out of That's it. That's good. Yeah. But one of the things they talk about in the book, Dale Carnegie, I think, mm-hmm. is, I can't even remember who he was talking about, but he was talking about somebody who had almost no skill in the the business they were in. They didn't know about uh, the, the steel business, mm-hmm. but they were put into the position of making a million dollars a year back then, which was now it's a lot of money. Back then it was a lot more yeah, money. Yeah, it's fortune. And they were putting they were put in that position only because they knew how to deal with people. That's right. So I wanted to add that one in that's good. on top of everything else. Probably if not the most important out of your sixteen, that's probably is is close to being one of the most important. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, that's and good. It, it kind of covers it's it it almost overlaps with a lot of the 16 things, the other yeah. 15 things, I guess, but it is still a standalone yeah. thing. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, so, okay, so tell us a little bit about uh, the 16 things. So maybe just go through the list and, and talk a little bit about what, if someone were to pick up your uh, your your website, get the free book, what are they going to see? What are the 16 things? And then maybe we can dive into a couple of them. Yeah, so l- let me kind of paint a picture of my own, <clears throat> yeah. my own story. Yep. So I joined the Army as a, a senior in high school. Uh, once I graduated, I went out and went to basic training, picked up a job, and the Army sent me to South Korea. And while I'm in South Korea, I realized I don't have a clue how to do, like, actual adulting. Uh, I mean, the, the Army was But paying. you have a gun, and you can shoot people. So. Yeah, but I couldn't adult. I'm like, when do I go to bed? Do I five hours sleep? I have so much freedom. Um, and so, kind of keep on progressing. I'm still living in the barracks. I get older and get more rank, and... And eventually comes a time when I'm living on my own in an apartment. Uh, and I was actually recruiting in Minnesota. It's where I met my wife. And if you would go into my apartment, my wife will tell you, we joke about it. For the first year and a half I was there, it was a one-bedroom apartment. We had heating, but I, I didn't turn it on because I don't want to turn the on button on. I, I slept on the floor. I had no couch. I had no futon. I had no bed. Uh, I, I think I had one pot, but that's because it came with the apartment. I had a computer <laughs> desk. Yeah. I, I, I would just play computer games. I would sleep on the floor. I had a, a 13 inch flat screen TV with the DVD player on the side. My wife met me and she turned me all upside down in the right way. Wait, wait, wait. That sounds like Brian and I's, uh, room in college. I mean, I was just like, <laughs> basically what it was. It was definitely close to that. I think you had to provide the TV cause I was too broke to, <laughs> to afford anything like that. And, sorry, and, sorry. Luke, no, no. Going, so, yeah. so think about the difference between the two though, right? At college, we kind of, we accept that our sons and daughters are going to go. They're going to be, you know, boys living with boys, ladies living with ladies. We expect a certain, <laughs> oh, that's not, what you yeah, hope. Not, yeah, 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 not yeah. anymore. Yeah. Well, by the way, I'm triggered still when you said chick early. I don't know. <laughs> need a safe space. But think about that. We think about sending our kids off to college and you know, that the lifestyle of a dorm, Right, even if it's just one roommate or three roommates, we expect that. But at some point, when you're by yourself, you have to build a function. I was not ready to cook meals. Um, at some point at Fort Bragg, uh, North Carolina, for about 18 months, I was in the red, month after month after month. Nobody truly took the time to walk me through good financial responsibility. My dad co-signed on a truck. I I had to pay him back years past, but he had to make three payments for me. Uh, and these are just little life lessons. I thought I was mature. I was in the military, but you know, I, I could do that job in the military, but I was not prepared to be an adult and I don't blame my father. It's the best father I could have. He's still around. I love, love him. Um, but these kind of conversations on how do you, how do you prepare a meal for yourself? When, if you have a son about to graduate high school and he goes out and he meets a, a young lady, how do you want to present yourself? 
mm-hmm. as a guy sleeping on the floor of an apartment that doesn't have a couch. I can't believe my wife dated me. Yeah. Well, and, and it's it's the system, right? Like your dad's a good dad, it sounds like. A lot of people are good parents, but they put him into the public school system thinking the public school is going to teach him everything that they need to know, right? Like, and they kind of go on autopilot. I'm guilty of this, you know, with, you know, sometimes we give our kids over to different people say, okay, teach them. I'm, I'm, I'm on autopilot here. That was never the design that God had set up in the first place. And yet we, we wonder why, wow, we gave him over to Caesar. And now we're shocked when little Romans come walking out and they, we were talking about this earlier, guys, uh, John Dewey back in the early 1900s, uh, really had his thumb on changing the educational system, removing God and putting kids in a, in an environment that basically was like a factory training environment, treated them just like they were factory workers because at the time the industrial revolution needed factory workers. So the top echelon said, we've got to have better factory workers who don't ask questions. They're just basically machines and robots. When the bell goes off, they take a break. The bell comes back on. They go right back in and start pushing that button again. And that's really what happened in the early early 1900s. That's why our public school systems begin to just go downhill because they were training them for these button pusher jobs and not teaching them how to think critically. And what you're doing is you're saying, okay, well, we're going to teach you how to think critically about these really core issues, and and I love the last, the last one. Even if you're if you're looking at the website, uh, if you go to these sixteen things uh, the last one is how to pay less in taxes. I mean, that's amazing. What yeah, public school is going to teach? Like, because the public schools get tax money, right? So, right. Like, hey, we want to teach all you uh, students how to pay less, and the you know the teachers union would have a fit. If that started happening, if they were teaching that in public schools. And before Brian talks about it, I can tell he wants to. Um, I teach economics and government. And uh, I definitely blow the kids' minds when we talk about some Dave Ramsey principles on debt. And why do we want a high credit score? That's not what this podcast is about today. But um, it's funny. We talk about the rich aren't paying enough. We've heard this from the younger generation. Yeah. And uh, those privileged people, and they're not paying enough. I said, well, hold on. When you fast forward 20 years and you have a child, would you like your child to have a better net for them? then you have it for yourself. Whole 100%. Everyone always says yeah. yes when you get to an honest moment. So well, does that mean that they're now born into privilege and you're at fault? Then the other ones with the money, and, and Brian's about to speak to this paying less in taxes, but um, it's amazing. Unless we have these conversations with kids, imagine you pump out a 17, 18-year-old high school graduate and they are thinking that the rich aren't paying enough. Well, wait a minute. If you became rich and you earned it and you worked hard for it, you came up with an idea like what Brian did here, you came up with something creative. You worked hard. You put in the, the the tech school. You brought people in. You're paying their salary. You're doing every. You took all the risk. Yeah. How much do you think you should pay? And they all understand the concept. But so that lesson, we need to have these conversations. Wasn't it uh, Churchill that said, "If you're if you're young and not a liberal, you have no heart. But if you're old and not yeah, a conservative, you, you have no brain." That's it. <laughs> He's accredited with with saying it. That's a, immediately what what my mind went to yeah. you, you have to have, we call this at our church. We call it fathering sons and daughters into the kingdom of God. And we purposely say it that way because, uh, the number one unchurched, uh, people group in our, or, you know, group of group of people in our community. When we first started the church, it was Fishers and, and, uh, and Noblesville were men between the ages of 35 and 45 years old. Didn't want to come to church. They weren't challenged by church, you know, and so you got a you got a you got a problem where men don't feel challenged 
where the bar is set low, people don't grow. You have to set that bar higher. Well, who does that? That's a father figure in your life. It's mm -hmm. If it's not your biological dad, then hopefully it's a grandfather or an uncle or a coach or somebody who is... Who, who's who's saying here is what you need to achieve in order to make it but like discipleship in our lives is is learning to follow christ if, if jesus is the ultimate picture of a man you know he's the ultimate husband he's he's the greatest thing that we ought to be looking at so how, how are we gonna get there if nobody is challenging us to to break it down because the gospel is not just that Jesus died on the cross for us. The gospel is good news that he came to bring us life and life more abundantly. So how do you live that life more abundantly? That's got to be, at some point, it's got to be a, a man in your life if you're a man, because I don't think that women can teach men how to be men. Well, I think I think well, I think it's, it's yeah, just but your what opinion. is a woman, <laughs> right? I, I think a man has to you do set that. us up so so good. For but that you got to you got to know that somebody is giving you some kind of guideline on on you know where do I even steer? I have a I have a you know, so what did you say? You have a fourteen year old, and I then do. and then how old are yours? Thir Thirteen down to one. Thirteen down to one. So. I, I have uh, I have a 19 year old daughter and a 21 year old son who's in the military. My daughter looks at me one day and she goes, "Hey, Dad, uh, I want to go out and do this." And I said, "How are you going to go do that? You 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 uh, you can't move out. You, that car is mine. Your phone is mine. <laughs> you pay insurance through me." And she looks at me and she goes, "You haven't prepared me to be an adult." Oh wow. snap! Way to go, Kari. So she good. she says that to me, and I'm like. Okay, I started her at four years old, which I regretted doing because she needed that last year to like kind of mature. There's a big difference in that last year. You know, you're working with yeah. seniors all the time yeah. and lights start going on for them. But I, I, I then had to move back and go, this kid, she, I've taught her all kinds of great principles, but she didn't know how to live. And she only seems to really begin to know how to live when she makes a big mistake that costs her dearly. Then she starts to pay attention. Then, then all of a sudden, dad's a genius, right? But it, it's, you know, so much of what you have here, how much of this was you guys just, hey, these are the hard knocks I needed to learn. Nobody really taught me this. So, like I said, it started out with the podcast that I heard about 15 things and basically wanted to develop a website around that and then add the one more. So I did have a, a list of those things to start with. Um, although we already, I already taught my kids a lot of this stuff already, but I want to take it back to school and yeah. I'm going to challenge you and say that we talk about how schools aren't doing the job, aren't, aren't very good, but I actually think that they are very good at what they're trying to do. Mm. And they're trying to push people into a system just like they did when they started, why they were developed to yep. push people into the factory system. And they're still, even though less people are working in a factory, less percentages are working in a factory, they're still doing a very good job at pushing people into a system where they're very dependent on everything else. They have to have, you know, they need to hire the professional to do every little thing. And they keep people working, keep people paying high taxes. And it's just the, the system continues. Then those people, they don't have time to teach their own kids this because they're in the system as well. They're working, maybe both spouses are working nonstop just to pay and get make enough to pay the bills while their kids are going to the school 
as well. And then eventually those kids grow up doing the exact same thing. So they haven't learned to kind of break the system yeah. anyway. Uh, that's good. And we do. So I, I say, I, my wife homeschools our kids. So there's four in, in homeschool. You should take all the right credit. Now. So when she listens to this, she'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I homeschool. You'll, 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 you'll know kids. she actually listened. <laughs> right. So four of the kids are being homeschooled. I right also now. cook all the meals and clean the house and do the laundry. Well, Brian. Brian does it all. <laughs> well, thankfully now, uh, Luke actually, his family, I think, does a better job at this, but we don't, I don't have to cook all the meals. Just the other day, my 14 year old made us a nice meal. Oh, nice, dude. Um, we get busy and, and we're you've got a self-made a, slave that's we do, awesome. we do. and we don't even have to make her we don't we don't have to make her do it she came to us and said mom dad can i cook chicken teriyaki tonight so she didn't ask to cook us a frozen pizza or macaroni and cheese she said can i we had a roommate get, once that oh my goodness I, I already know where you're going with this so when we were living in the house if he's listening he'll know he'll know it's him but it, we love him to death but he would always come to us. He said frozen pizzas. Okay, this is a grown man at this point. I mean, he's 21 years old. He'd come to us in the house our senior year. He'd be like, anyone want a, anyone want a pizza? And we were like, yeah, man, yeah, okay, I'll buy. Uh, here's the pizza. Here's the frozen pizza. Uh, how about you just go uh, put it in? And so, like, we'd go put it in the oven and turn on the, the oven, push the timer, and voila, it's done. Well, come to find out, he, he didn't know how to work the oven. So, so <laughs> I'm not going to say his name and I don't want to, he's a he's really a good guy. guy. He's, he's awesome. We'll say but, his name was Mac. Sure. Mac. <laughs> Mac one time it was our, do you remember our junior year? We had a Thanksgiving dinner in our apartment. So you weren't in, in that apartment with us. There were us four guys. Okay. And I believe you and Zach came over. We you had mean Mac. Mac. No, no, no. Oh. I, oh, I was talking about that, someone else. <laughs> well, we know what your the name other, is now. The other guy. The other the guy. Other guy. <laughs> came in. No, Mike, I think so. We were cooking the Thanksgiving meal. And I think yeah. a couple of the girlfriends were helping out and doing the majority of it, probably. But like another they one. Like they should. Another one came in <laughs> and we were cooking frozen corn. Okay. Just pull it, pull it out of the freezer, put it in boiling water. <laughs> and I still, to this day, remember his comment. He goes, you guys know how to cook corn? <laughs> well, first of all, the directions are on the back. <laughs> and even if they weren't, you boil water and you put it in, you leave it for seven oh, minutes. Mac, Mac, I love Mac. So, Mac's a good dude. Mac's awesome. I was actually talking about a different one that I'm not going to say his name. So okay. we were... We were I don't remember your comment. We should have just let this conversation yeah. go on. We so, could have gotten all kinds yeah. of names. The, but the we next can, thing, moving back can, into... Yeah, so uh, his name is... And so we just yeah. need... <laughs> oh, my gosh. So the taxes. And, yes, And I don't taxes. remember the exact uh, saying here, the, the quote, whatever it is. But something I've heard is that 10% of the tax code tells you what to pay. And 90% tells you how to get out of paying that legally. And that's not wow. taught anywhere how to legally. So we're not teaching how to you know set up a, an account in the Cayman Islands and um, do all this weird stuff with your money. It's going to be legitimate stuff. Yeah, loopholes that the government has written in that right. rich people have. They write the tax they, the tax yeah, code yep. and they use it very well. Yeah, whether you like it or not. Remember uh, when uh, Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton were on the because uh, I'm smart. stage. Yeah, he, <laughs> yeah. It, it actually Dave Chappelle the other day was on a show and he said, you know, the reason people he's from Ohio, he says, Dave Chappelle's a comedian. He said, the reason people like Trump so much is because he's an honest liar. And they were like, what? 
He's an honest liar. He said, and he pointed back to this debate stage moment. He said, remember that debate stage when, when Hillary was tr- trying to say that the system is not rigged in favor of rich people? Like, you know, it's, uh, and she was doing, she was saying something like that. Trump was like, uh, it's totally rigged in favor of rich people in the elite. Uh, and she's like, no, it's not. The elite don't, you know, this elitism thing, it's not real. And he says, it's real because I use the system to get out of all of those those payments. And it, it is, it does benefit me. He said, I have the accountants and the lawyers that I can hire to do all of this. And it was kind of this moment where it was like, he's fighting for the little guy as a really rich upper right. echelon elite, but he's saying, hey, it's rigged for me. I'm going to try to change it to make it work for and me. He, every, he teenager, Go ahead. every teenager would want to do the same if they're in that position. Yeah. If they were yeah. able to work hard and get all that money, not talking about Trump himself, but every single teenager Fast forward, they're 30 years old and their net worth, I don't know, $10 million. Why would you want to give 40 to 60% of that to the government? No kidding. Who would want to do that? Yeah. yeah. So of course you're going to, a loophole, <laughs> you're going to use the tax system. Yeah. But kids don't really know this. They're too busy blaming people. And if well, you want to give it away, my apologies. Go ahead, no, If you want to give it away, you have the option to yeah. give more money. It, to the government. Sure. Are, are you going <laughs> to- wonder how many of them actually do that. <laughs> Right, right, none, but a very little percentage. But are you going to be a better steward of which, maybe which organizations to give that money to, or do you think the government's going to be better at that? Because they're going to waste a lot of money. I'm going to say you will be. Is that the right answer? Did I get it? Well, no, that is correct. Trump Trump turns around and tells uh, Hillary, you won't change those rules because yeah. all the people that give to your campaign, yeah. they need those rules. Yeah, that's right. And I just happen to know them and I use them myself. <laughs> right. That's not, right. Not even mad. I, I yeah. would too. Yeah, right. Would too. What, what does that make me? Smart. Yes, that's, that's right. That's I think what he that's said. That's what he said. It makes it me smart. It makes me smart. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. so imagine what Brian's talking about with this uh, this tax conversation. Uh, the, the, the core of what we're doing with these six, these 16things.com is having a conversation with your 16-year-old at the table, right? Breakfast, lunch, dinner, it doesn't matter. You're having a conversation and say, son, what do you know about taxes? Of course, they know nothing. And it allows you to just educate them on what, do your taxes with them one year. Yeah. Open it up, do it, go through it. Show them how you pay 65 bucks for someone to look through it first, but show them what boxes you click, show them everything. Um, And that gives you an opportunity to talk about salary. It gives you an opportunity to talk about, who you donate to. It gives you a chance to talk about, hey, we write this off because we give this to church. You know, it, it gives you an opportunity to have that conversation. But if you don't, you're hoping that a high school economics teacher or a college economics teacher is. The problem is, and I, I teach economics, is the curriculum is written to prop up the government. And Brian's right on. Who do you think is a better steward of your money? If you have $100,000 and you have to give it away, you don't have a choice. Would you rather give it away to people of your choosing or would you give it to the government and trust that they have your best Never. interests at heart? Never. So yeah. these are the conversations that we can initiate. And so as we push out these and, newsletters and ideas, Brian will talk about that later. And that, help. Yeah. And as you, as we dive into this, Brian, I just want to kind of give the listeners, if they're, if they've not been to your website yet, I just want to give them kind of like a practical example. So we're talking about paying less in taxes, a great excerpt from this, you, you know, this little section of your website is just a, a practical way. It says one big way wealthy people avoid taxes is buy, borrow, die. The buy, borrow, die method is a strategy used by some wealthy individuals to avoid paying taxes on their assets. It involves three steps, buying an asset, continually borrowing against it, 
and then passing the asset on to heirs in a tax beneficial way. So it's little things like that where it's just practical, right? Like you're taking people through practical steps on how people can be successful in these these really important realms that honestly 99% of the people don't know anything about. And and I would say 16-year-olds don't like you were saying Luke, but I would I would argue mom and dad don't either in most families now too. So so this is going to walk mom and dad through learning and then they can pass it on to their kids. I think it's great. Brian, you want to talk about what might that look like in one of the the lessons we push out? What to expect? Yeah. So, um, maybe not that one, but I just sent out a lesson a couple of days ago about how to sell an idea. And that's something that nobody really truly understands how to sell an idea. And most people, uh, for example, my 12 year old, I, I gave them the my 14 and 12 year old gave them the assignment of coming up with an idea that they want to pitch to me. And this is to be able to go out to eat, to go somewhere on a vacation that we have coming up, something like that. So my 14 year old goes in there and does a pretty good job. We had, obviously I had to coach her through it a little bit, say, well, why don't you say this and not this? Then my 12 year old goes up and he gives me a presentation. This just happened in our living room. So it gives me a presentation of only what he wanted and had no real benefit to me. So we kind of had to go over that and discuss, okay, when you're selling an idea, you want to pitch it to the other person. Why would I want to do that? So my daughter, we're, we're going to drive out to LA here in a little over a month. And she found a museum in LA, free museum that she wants to, the whole family to go to. She's really into art. And her pitch to me was, you know, why would I want to do it was because one, it's free. And two, we're, we're family bonding time together, and it's not going to cost us anything but the parking. So she kind of tailored it to me. Yeah. And if we think about it, we sell every day. Micah, when we became roommates, we each had to sell each other. We didn't do a presentation. I did in, in front of the mirror, just hoping that <laughs> you would. You really? so, no. PowerPoint shirt, shirt on or shirt off? <laughs> of course, shirt off. <laughs> so, but we had to give a presentation in just in life to each other about why why would you want to be yeah. my friend? And yeah. I was really close to saying no to you multiple times. You too? Movie oh, happened. man. <laughs> that makes but, me feel better. But when, you know, when we get married, when you met Susan, you had to, again, you didn't give her a formal presentation, but the whole time you're dating, it's you're like, presenting hey, to you're her. You're dating my roommate. How about you come over here and see, uh, see what a real <laughs> <right>. man's like? <laughs> I would never say that we dated, so we'll just cut that You out did right go now. to a wedding. That was the date. Uh, yeah, no. you took her to a wedding. I didn't take her to a wedding. If yes, you took you her to a wedding, that is a That's date. That's a date. I don't, I, what, whose wedding? I, I don't remember. remember. I don't, somebody. I don't know. Just somebody. That Bro, is false. You took my wife on a you date a to a wedding. We went out to eat once. <laughs> did you really? Not, not to, I cannot imagine we went to a wedding. Uh, I not a wedding. But sure if you went out wedding. to eat, that means you probably drove. That means it's just the two of you in a car. That's right. Sitting down and enjoying the meal. We cannot guarantee I drove. My car was very unreliable. <laughs> we either walked or Susan, who also had a very unreliable <laughs> car. <I believe> <laughs> she did. That's not good. All Between right. Sorry. So we got yeah. it. So anyway, I don't even remember. Uh, uh, so yeah. we had to, we basically were selling each other that, hey, I'm going to be a good roommate. This is why. Even though I wasn't speaking those words. Yeah. And same thing when you talk to Susan when you guys were courting you had to sell her on the Do idea you know why we were courting because we kissed dating goodbye uh, uh, that guy, I read that book I did read that book isn't that, that guy a homosexual now <laughs> is he yeah, I'm pretty sure oh, really. well fun fact my pastor growing up gave me that He's, no his wife gave me that church oh my goodness pastor <laughs> of church his wife gave me that book and within a week I was dating his daughter 
get out within a week wow. of, of reading that book i was dating his daughter so well that's another that's a one plug. Of <laughs> that's i kiss dating goodbye by joshua harris hey, hey let, me, let me take let me take what brian's talking about and let's say i'm on the receiving end of these newsletters because i did i I've, i subscribed so i get what he publishes and so i see this thing come out um was it just yesterday yeah monday wednesday friday yeah so i see it come out in the morning and I'm reading this thing about selling an idea. Well, my oldest 13-year-old, she wants to go to uh, CIY, I think it's Christ in Youth. Yeah, that's right. uh, Yeah, so it's going to be a, a week-long thing in the summertime. She's going to ninth grade. The high school does it, and she wants to go. Well, the early bird special is like $275. I'm a high school teacher. I'm retired military. I, I, 275 bucks, that's significant. Um, but we told her, you're going you're gonna to go. We're going to send you. But I started to use what Brian put in the newsletter. I said, let me make this very intentional. This is 100% how it went down just yesterday. So I said, Eve, her name's Eve. Eve, I would like you to take, pull out an index card, maybe go over five or six bullet points, and we're going to have a family meeting in the living room, and we did. Now, you're going to stand up so there's public speaking. Now, anyone listening to this, can you imagine your own teenager doing this? Just trying to get everyone in the living room to be serious, trying to get a child to sell an idea. It's a significant event. Her arms were shaking. Her, her eyes were starting to turn red when she was presenting. I swear a tear was going to come out, but I didn't stop her. I didn't tell her it's going to be okay. I allowed her to push through the event. And she took about four or five minutes to present her thoughts. And just like Brian mentioned, she sold it through the eyes of the parents. That's a skill that we as have as adults. Then I opened it up to the, to the family to ask questions. Told my seven-year-old, no silly questions. But it was a real event taken from his newsletter. And it worked. It was very effective. And that's what we're trying to help other parents do. That's amazing. Cool. So is there an overall book list that that you kind of, you know, I know that at the end of each kind of section it says, hey, I read this book. But, um, you know, it sounds like a, a lot of what uh, I did certain things like Rich Dad, Poor Dad. You know, I made, That's in there I made well. my kids read that. I yeah. made them read uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People. I told my kids I want you to take Financial Peace University while you're a kid. I taught them about you're going to have a thousand dollar emergency fund. You know, you're, you're, this is how we're going to do debt snowball. I tied their bank accounts to my account so I could see what they were doing. And I made them tithe because I don't want them under the curse. Right. Mm -hmm. I want them to, to learn the principles from the get go. Um, there's a lot of those things that, that we do. I think actually, you know, we probably learn more about living, you know, through the books that we're out there reading. Um, so how long is the book? the book list that you're currently operating on in terms of get these into your kids' minds. Well, right now, the only book Brian talks about is the 1619 Project and how to be... <laughs> oh, yeah, right. <laughs> and I think it's how to be uh, anti... Anti-woke, uh, anti-racist. There we go. Anti-woke, so, anti-racist. We don't have a formal list of all the books in one spot. But okay. as you read through the website, you can... When you get to the bottom, there's a resources section in most yeah. of it. Or the the ebook that you can go to the website and download has at the end of each chapter, there's a resources section with multiple books. So That's some cool. of them may have one book, some don't have any. And, but the finance one probably has four or five at least mm -hmm. books in there. And as an example, our kids, when they make money, they have to take 10% to tithe. That's mm -hmm. the first yep. thing off the top. Yep. Then they take 10% and put into a savings account. Long, I'd call it long-term savings where they're never going to touch. The next goes into short-term savings, and they can choose. It's typically around 10%, but they get to choose how much they put in. Mm -hmm. And that's like my kids go to the same camp or CIY as Luke's kid is going to go to. 
So they're going to start saving up for that. And it's not going to be enough, but they can save it for bigger things. But the long-term savings, they, my daughter, we had just gotten back from a vacation a couple of years ago when we really started all this. And I went in, I said, so how much money do you have right now? And she pulls out her purse, wallet, whatever. And she's got like $250. I was like, how do you get this money? I mean, she makes money different <laughs> ways selling things. She's very artistic. She can cook really well. So she makes some money doing that and then gifts from grandparents and things. So she hands me some money and says, okay, I want to invest this amount, but what am I going to use this for? At the time she would have been probably 12. And she said, am I going to be able to use this for a car when I get older? And that's my, that's her, um, the long-term savings. And I said, no, ideally you're not going to touch it when you're ready to drive. You're going to work and save up other money for a car. So dad, what is a long-term savings account for? It's for you to live off the interest one day. I said, so when you're my age, you get to choose what you want to do for work. You don't have to, there's a lot of people who just have to go to work. They hate their job, but they have to go because in 10 days, uh, rent is due and the mortgage is due. Another car payment is due. And they yeah. never break that cycle of, of getting out of debt to be able to choose how they want to spend their life. You know, we, I'm on the Hamilton County library board. And so they're doing these construction projects. And so we're dealing with, you know, kind of all the, the money and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and that when you're dealing with like millions, 18 millions, a uh, lady got up at our last meeting and she was, she was our uh, CFO and she, she presents and she says, Hey, it's been really good over the last uh, 12 months for us because of high interest rates. And they, they showed what our savings had done and what our investments had done. And it, I mean, we've, we gained a lot as a public library and I, it hit me in that moment. It's like, that's the difference between the rich and the poor. When interest rates go up, you hear it all Payments over the news. Go oh my gosh, you hear it all over the news. High interest rates, right? What's killing Americans right now? High interest rates. Interest rates you can't you can't hardly do anything anymore because of high interest rates. The rich are thinking the opposite. They're like, high interest rates, yeah, this is awesome because now all the money that I have in the banks and in investments, those are gonna that interest is just gonna start skyrocketing. And so to that point, you know, living off the interest when, you know, you're, you know, Brian's age someday, you know, that's great. So. And to piggyback <laughs> off that. By Brian's age, I mean. <clears throat> so. Old, really old. old. <laughs> Brian is, I, I don't know, 52. <laughs> well, I guess that would mean. No, no, I was 10 years younger. Oh, he yeah, just yeah, yeah. came. He went to college real late in life. <laughs> so, so, so imagine, I always want to bring it back to the newsletter because, again, I got to use what was in it yesterday. As a dad, that was so cool. Uh, and so you're talking about the interest rates and Brian's talking about uh, the, the long and the short savings. Uh, so imagine we put something like this in the newsletter because this is what we do at our house. In addition, we have differences, but uh, we do kind of a 401k with our kids. So they have chores, they have responsibilities every week. It it, it transfers every week. Who's taking care of the little three and, and who's who's got the kitchen and the, the loft and the laundry, all these things. Uh, so that's their allowance at the end of the month. They all get, doesn't seem like much, but they get $20 and they have a choice. Um, from birth year, birthday to birthday, they can give us a hundred dollars and we'll match it. Uh, and it caps off at a hundred dollars. It's a 401k for kids. It's cool. And, or they can take, split it, take 10 for your pocket, put, put 10 in there and, and, and we keep visibility. It's up there on, on the wall. They all know how much money they have. Um, and so they're earning the money instead of waiting. I like how Brian mentioned gifts from grandparents and stuff. Yeah, it's Christmas time. Kids get gift cards and they get used to getting and getting and getting and not working and getting 
Well, I mean, if you can set up a chore thing, but, but yeah, they, they understand what it's like to invest some money there. It's going to earn some interest and there's matching It's free 10 bucks. If they give me 10 bucks and I match it, a kid understands you just got 10 free dollars. Yeah. So we're, we're trying to institute those things for other parents that are just looking for ideas to, to do right. Um, and, and you mentioned, Nathan, you're talking about the, the 10% for your kids. Um, imagine a world where our teenagers finish high school, they're in college somewhere, and somebody challenges them on the, why do you give the 10%? And they give the answer, well, because my parents told me to. And everything crumbles. Well, why do you believe in Jesus? Well, my, my parents told me to, and it all crumbles. Uh, a freshman philosophy teacher can crumble and turn you into an atheist if they're not prepared to stand. Yeah. And so these kind of conversations, dining room table, kids will learn to stand on why they do the things that they do. But we got to be intentional. That's good. I love it. I got an email today. We're going through um, the Blessed Life series by Robert Morris. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. That's good. And then uh, there's something called Beyond Blessed, where he takes some Dave, Dave Ramsey principles and he says, okay, well, you've you've become a giver. Uh you've you've learned how to be obedient and now you're still saying but i still don't seem to be getting ahead i'm giving but i don't seem to be getting ahead and then beyond bless comes and says well there's some there's some things there's stewardship you have to be a good steward god as much as god will bless the giver you know or when you when you bring the tithe he also he he bless you when you're a good steward do you know how to do that and so it's kind of tying in those principles but i got a 25 year old uh who she she wrote to me this afternoon and she said, okay, I'm going to do this. I've never been a tither before, but I'm going to do this now. The only problem is I'm a massive budgeter. And if I do this, Pastor Nathan, I will only have $20 left um, at the end of, uh, of, of my month. And I don't know how, how's that going to work? And I said, well, just do it. She, she said, God convinced her that she cannot afford not to tithe by just getting these very practical lessons about giving because, you know, this is one of the major things that Jesus uses to teach us about the kingdom is actually money. Jesus preaches more on money than, than, than anybody else, anything you know, else. period, yeah. anything else, right? How many of the parables are all about money? And, uh, and so she says, but I'm, I'm going to do this because I'm convinced that it's, that it's right. You know, and I said, well, you're about to go from being a thief, a life of crime, you know, as you haven't, tithed and you've been stealing God's money, but you're, you're about to change that in your life. And he's just been waiting for you because he's going to, he's going to bless the 90%. Like he couldn't, he's been waiting for you to trust him. And she's like, I get, get excited. But then she said, but when you told me that I was a thief, she goes, I know you're right, but that's hard to hear, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and that's what so many, it seems like a lot of these conversations, you just have to tell people how stupid uh, maybe they ed- are education. Oh. No, no, no. <laughs> I've tried that a lot. Things, things that you have. Thought, Listen, buddy. Ah, oh, man. I, you're things just, that you thought you believed because the world has told you that rich dad, poor dad right. is a whole challenge to, this is what you've been taught. is going to make you rich. Get this PhD and you're going to be rich. And here's a guy who has, you know, never gotten his first degree and he's, and he knows how to make money hand over hand over fist with all these businesses. So, at what point do we take the the education that we're getting in schools and go, it's it's deficient, it's not enough. And his parents go, I have to educate my kid because nobody else is going to tell them the truth like I will. Yep. Right. It really is taking the responsibility instead of passing it off to the teachers, 
to even if they're involved in the church instead of passing it off to you know people they're learning from a church the pastor anyone or say you know find this out on your own it really is just taking the responsibility as a parent to teach your kids those things that's right all of them and that's right i say taking the responsibility clearly we're gonna we want to help with this so the responsibility could be reading one of the lessons from our email list and and teaching that over the the dinner table as you're sitting mm-hmm. down for dinner just asking a few questions and it's amazing what the kids can learn yeah. in in a setting like that yeah so uh where can people go to sign up how, what do you what what do you want the listener to know about how they can get connected and involved with uh, these 16 16 things so the first step is just go to these 16 things.com and it's a one and a six right yes these one six things.com and sign up for the email list there'll be a pop-up box that comes up if there's not there's a button at the bottom of every page as you're reading there's a, a place to sign up for the email list so plenty of opportunities to sign up and then if you would like to jump ahead if you don't want to just wait for all of the lessons uh, so to come it'll be monday wednesday friday mornings if you want to move ahead and, and get more lessons in there's a free ebook to download and uh, you can click on the button at the top just says book and get there go there download the book as well and start reading ahead and cool. so, something else about this that uh, people talk about kickstarters right uh, kickstarter kickstarter yep. well for someone to jump on a kickstarter you got to pay money you got to get skin in the game that's not the case here uh for someone it's february 2023 I just want to mark this date we are this is the great time to jump on this train it's going it's going to take off because i think that parents are hungry to fill this knowledge for band young kids don't get it Older kids is too late. The teenagers, there's a hunger for this stuff. So it's it's really, truly jumping off. So joining the mailing list, subscribing and getting this information is it. I love there, it. Yeah, there, there's nothing else. There's no money involved. You sign up, you get it, and um, um, give us some time to keep putting some more content. We want to keep pushing content. Yeah, it's good. And I, awesome. I can uh, I can speak for uh, just you, Brian. I've known you for a long time. You are an avid learner. You never stop learning. You're always diving in. I've always, even in college, you were you know you 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 weren't one of the just most gifted uh, when it came that, to that when is, it came to learning. That is true. But you you work super hard at it. I mean, I saw that there. I mean, it was amazing. I, I always remember thinking like you will just by just brute force learn this principle, right? And I think that's, God's blessed you with that kind of uh, perseverance. And now we're seeing the fruits of that. And and I think all of this, what you've done with these 16 things is it's just all of that amazing learning you've done over the last 20 years of your life. And and putting the website together. So putting it together, working through the content, which has taken me months to do, just putting that together and doing some research saying what book can i get that uh, you know what book goes best with this section yeah helps you and grow. find another book and i found multiple books that i've now listed on the website or, or in our book that it, they're just amazing the one on negotiating getting more by Stuart diamond is an amazing book it's all about negotiating but it's not negotiating in a business sense it's negotiating with your kids negotiating with your spouse negotiating to get free upgrades on a vacation anything like that that's and cool it's, it's it's really good so i have i have one question uh because I, I did a youth i did youth ministry for a long long time every february for us was about teaching kids about uh sex education i i, I think sex education ought to be taught within the church and and then we equip parents to be able to have those nitty gritty conversations with them, but it ought to be coming from a, from a lens of, of scripture. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, so do you address that at all in your, he will you know, now in, in your, in your website? <laughs> do you, 
do you talk about? Because, I mean, the number one thing to put a kid into poverty is to get pregnant out of wedlock or get a girl pregnant out of wedlock, right? So you're talking about they're, they're heading into this. You, you mentioned sitting them down when they're 16, 16, 17, 18. And, and unfortunately, I, I know that kids are jumping into sexual activity before sixth grade. Now, you know, so, uh, when you study uh, the effects of porn uh, and when kids are jumping on and, and starting to watch porn and, and I thought I was a vigilant parent, but those little, you know, the kids in your house, they will find the holes in the safeguards that you create, yeah. right? Because there's just that desire uh, is mom and dad holding out on me. Are they not telling me something? And so they, they want to push that. So uh, you know, maybe it's an idea for a different chapter. These, if you don't uh, already have it, but where updated. Do, you, do, you, do you do you bring that up at any point that this this is going to be one of those major um, philosophical things that are going to safeguard your ability to be successful in life? The so, updated website, these seventeen these things. things. <laughs> well, we're going to stick with these sixteen <laughs> things, but that's a good point. So far, it is not on the website anywhere. Uh, we will probably end up making a note of it and making it one of the lessons yeah. that we send out. And That's even good. if we tie it back to finance, we mm-hmm. can tie it back to that. And and really the topic is sex education, could, but we can tie attach, it back to a lot of... You could link it to our previous business that you and I had back in the... I'm not going there. <laughs> so... <laughs> Well, I want to know. Yeah. I want to know. Brian had a great idea for a business that in, had to do with skiing uh, the slopes in when we were big avid skiers. But skiing, you say we? The slopes. <laughs> it was it was on the slopes. But um, Micah was definitely the bigger skier than I was. I, I think I remember multiple times, dude. Let's drive here and go skiing this weekend. I'm like, I think I am. I got twenty dollars. I, I grew up in Franklin, Indiana. There are no. There are not even hills. <laughs> very few. Yes, but, yeah, I uh, want to. This is going to wrap up pretty soon. I can tell. But for anyone listening, <clears throat> Bill Maher. Uh, for anyone that doesn't know, he's on HBO. He, he, he can be pretty a lot of profanity and leans very left. But he has a lot to say on the right when it comes to free speech and the transgender movement. And he was interviewing somebody recently, someone that's on the left. <clears throat> they were talking about transgender, and the person he was interviewing was saying. It's our role as educators to teach the kids these things. So as a parent listening, let me say this again. Somebody very high up in education was saying it is our role as educators to teach all these transgender things to kids. Mm-hmm. And Bill Maher's response was, it's not though. All they have to do is turn on the TV. It's everywhere. And that really stuck with me. So very quick story before we wrap up. It would have been about five months ago. Uh, I was laying on the floor reading the news and all my kids were watching something on the TV and it was a uh, Baymax from Big Hero Six, uh, so they created on Disney Plus a new Baymax series. I think it was called Baymax Plus, and they're all standalone episodes. And he goes around the city helping people, and and they really trapped the parents with this. That the first episode was great. When I say great, I mean there are no issues. I, There's no I, agenda that yeah, you yeah. see, right? Yeah, yeah. And it was the third episode. My wife goes, "Luke, did, did you hear that?" I said, "What are you talking about?" I looked up, and Baymax is inside of a bathroom stall. And I said, "What's it?" And I rewound it. What caught my wife's attention? Disney took the time to animate on the outside of the bathroom and said, all gender bathroom. Then you walk in and it's just a whole bunch of stalls. So Disney takes the time to animate this. And he's in a, he's in a stall and he's trying to help this eighth grader that started her period. So if you've seen big hero six, Baymac is is this big white puffy thing. And it was cute. He's taking up all the space. I got his funny and he's going to help her. So the next scene, and now Disney has my attention watching this. The next scene shows him in a supermarket. And this 42nd clip has gone viral. 
He's in a supermarket. He's looking left. He's looking right. Nothing but feminine products everywhere. He doesn't know what to do. It's kind of humorous. Looks over at this little little lady. Ends up being probably mid-30s. And Excuse me, miss. What's that? Uh, which product do you recommend? Oh, uh, hmm. uh, and she taps her box. I, I like these. And out behind her corner, uh, her shoulder pops another one. Well, I, I like these tampons. And here we go. The third person. Out pops a male. And his sweater is light blue, pink, white, pink, light blue. The transgender uh, so flag. Transgender, yeah. And he's wearing a transgender colors along his wow. shirt. And Disney took the time to animate that. It's not by accident. And about a second and a half, he pops over and he goes, I like these ones with wings. And then it's gone. I like these ones with wings. All my daughter's watching this. And wow. I, pa- I paused. And that night, we had about a 45-minute conversation at the dining room table about why that's in there. What's the agenda? Who puts it in there? I had to get graphic to help them understand why a man with male genitalia never needs that product. And now that they all understood that, the following question has to be, why was that in the cartoon? Yeah. And yeah. these kids have to hear this from parents. They have to. Yeah. I, I, I used to say that the greatest invention ever created that I was aware of was the internal combustion engine until I was raising my kids and realized that the ability to pause TV to talk about what you're watching was the greatest invention, but you have to be present to do it as a dad or a mom. You have to be watching it with them. The agenda is absolutely everywhere. And to stop and talk about it, you know, gives you, you've got to challenge all that thinking. You can't trust anything Disney's doing. Disney is, in in business for indoctrination yep. and they they always happen and they've and they're very very powerful at doing it my my family were all we're all deer hunters do you know that after bambi came out uh hunting licenses dropped by 50 percent the next year no <laughs> really? I, no no kidding so you know deer, sort of has the opposite opposite effect on me when i watch it i'm like yeah let's go get, <laughs> let's go get one <laughs> but the reality is that that's how vigilant you have to be because and, and you know in truth luke it's jesus taught that way you know as things came up and happened in front of him he goes there's the sermon you know and he and he and he teaches it with an illustration right in front of him and he called things right and he called things wrong absolutely yeah, yeah. without a doubt yeah yeah well this is good if you're listening to this go check out these 16 things.com brian luke thanks so much for joining us today here in the jsp studios uh sign up for their email list uh get the lessons and uh the free ebook uh teach your kids it's your responsibility it's not caesar's responsibility to teach your kids they don't own your kid yeah we do not co-parent with the government it's a good life lesson for every parent everywhere so all right well hey this has been gsx and politics tune in next time where we talk about all those really not scary things they're frightening frightening things all the frightening things we'll see you guys next time take care